Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast. My name is Logan. I'm happy to have you in. Today, we're going to be discussing multiple stories concerning LGBTQ people within the church. All of that and more on the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast. Alright, welcome into the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast. My name is Logan. I'm happy to have you aboard. Um, today, we're going to be talking about multiple stories concerning LGBTQ issues within the church and within America itself. And I believe that this is the most important topic and the most important issue facing America right now, facing the church right now, and really facing the world, is whether or not we are going to accept and fight. Are are we going to accept a destruction of reality, or are we going to reject it, fight it, and continue to preach and teach objective truth? And are we going to continue to teach and preach what the Bible says? And that is why this is such an important issue for me, and why I think, and why I spend so much time on it. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, this article comes from CBN News. And it says that the Church of Sweden describes itself as trans in a letter to LGBTQ people. Now, the Church of Sweden um, continued its radical agenda of reforms this week by referring to itself as trans in a letter to the country's LGBTQ community. Now, the letter was titled, Personnel Letter to You Who Are Trans. And in the letter, it referred to the church as also being trans. The letter reads, A church is made up of people. People are different. We have religious leaders, employees, church wardens, elected representatives, nonprofits, and other parishioners who define themselves as transgender people. The church thus also considers, consists of transgender people. Therefore, the church could be described as trans. Now, the letter went on to apologize to the trans community for how the media has treated you, and we mourn the part of feminism that has fought for its rights and that now wants to limit yours. Um, so, um, first, first, I, I guess just editorial on a, on a political side of things, I'm shocked that the letter would want to apologize to the trans community for how the media treats it. Um given that they are the new latest, greatest minority that the media has built up. Um, But let's just take a look at the religious side of this. And I go back to the letter. And the church writes, A church is made up of people. People are different. We have religious teachers, employees, church wardens, elected representatives, nonprofits, and other parishioners who define themselves as transgender people. Now, I... I hate to make such uh, such an argument, but let's just take it from the reverse. Let's say that we have religious teachers, employees, church wardens, elected representatives, nonprofits, and other parishioners, and let's say they define themselves as um, sexually immoral. Let's say that they really struggle with sexual sin because trans people are suffering with sin they are they are suffering with sexual immorality themselves so let's say that there's someone who is uh, addicted to pornography possibly a, an adulterer so on do they just and if there's enough of them within the church and that there is there's there's people of all different kinds of sins and backgrounds within the church 
But let's say that all of these people that they name off, let's say that they are they're adulterers. Does that mean that we describe the church as uh, an adulterous body? Do the sins of some define the entire church? Our sins, in general, should not define the church. The church is the church of God. It's the body of Christ. That's what it's defined as. And what burns me up is that you want to label the church as trans. Transgenderism is a rejection of your creation from the Creator. And it is sexually immoral and therefore it is a sin. So why are we trying to label the church as a sin? Why are we going to label the church as trans when transgenderism is a sin? Why not just label the church as adulterous, as pornography addicts? And though there are every single person within the church does have a background, does have a sin, does have a past, that should not be the advertisement and the labeling for the church. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So, if Paul says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? If they will not inherit the kingdom of God, why are we going to label the church of God as their sin? And do not be deceived. Transgenderism is sexually immoral. It is a sin. It is a rejection of Genesis 1.27. It is a rejection of your own creation of your own body that was given to you by the Creator. That is what you are doing. You are rejecting it. And you are being rebellious and disobedient before God. So why would we want to label that as... As, as, as Why would we want to label that as the church? Why do we want to stick that on as our label for the church? Oh. It's... It's, uh, it's truly mind-boggling. And it's almost as mind-boggling as our last episode, The Perversion of Church Leadership, in which we talked about Isaac Simmons, a drag queen pastor... And uh, I forget her name, Roller, I do believe it was, who was a transgender bishop. This letter that went out from the Church of Sweden was signed by nearly 1,000 priests, deacons, and members. Whatever you encounter and whatever others say, no one can take away your gender identity and your human dignity. 
God loves you just as you are, it concluded. We believe in a church and a God who welcomes people beyond power, national boundaries, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender, and gender identity. A humanity in all the colors of the rainbow. Absolutely fantastic and infinite in its diversity. We are different and that is good and God saw that it was good. This is sickening. This is sickening. Whatever you encounter and whatever others say, no one can take away your gender identity and your human dignity. No one can take away your gender identity and your human dignity. Your gender identity is what you were born with. So yes, no one can take that away. And you, yourself, can't take it away either. God loves you just as you are. God does love us. God does love us unconditionally. God does not, I would say God does not particularly love us the way that we are in the sense of our sin. God does not love our sin. If I'm addicted to pornography, God does not love that I'm addicted to pornography. God does not say, God does not look at me as a porn addict and just say, I love you. Well, he does. But he doesn't say, I love you. I love your porn addiction. I love that you are just addicted to pornography, that you are breaking my commands, that you are being rebellious and disobedient to me. I just love that. No. God's love is unconditional for us, but it is not for our sin. It is not for our disobedience. We believe in a church and a God who welcomes people beyond power, national boundaries, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender, and gender identity. That's true. I believe in a God that does love everybody because God loves every single person. He does not love their sin as this letter attempts to make it out as. Um, let's see. A humanity in all the colors of the rainbow, absolutely fantastic and infinite in its diversity. We are different, and that is good, and God saw that it was good. God can see and appreciate and know that it is good, that we are diverse and that we are different. But what the, the diversity and the difference that you are attempting to communicate here, that being transgenderism, sexual, uh, excuse me, gender identity, which is a rejection of Genesis 1.27. It's a rejection of the way that God created you. It is sexually immoral. It is a sin. God did not see sin and say that it was good. This letter is abhorrent. It is a lie. And it is, quite frankly, disgusting. That 1,000 priests and deacons and members signed this letter, sent it out from the Church of Sweden, from the head quarters of the Church of Sweden endorsed this letter, wrote it, sent it out, saying that God sees your sin, He loves your sin, He sees your sin, and He says that it is good. He loves your sin. That is what this letter is trying to tell us. Now, in 2017, the Church of Sweden also elected to call God only by gender-neutral pronouns. Theologically, for instance, we know that God is beyond our gender denominations. God is not human. That is what the Church of Sweden said. Um, they skip over the fact that in the Bible, 
uh, God is referred to as he. Jesus is referred to as he, him. He was a male. God created man in his own image. God is male. Or at least, I guess you could say, um, I mean, I, I don't. When I say that, it's it's very it's very tricky, and we get far into a deep theological discussion when I make that statement because I don't want to I don't want to uh, demean God in any way because we we are just men we are mere men we are mere mortals, and um, to attempt to equate God to us, um, that that can be very tricky. So it has to be very carefully explained, and well. We're not here for that right now. That isn't the point of this episode. All right, let's move on to our second story. This is from CBN News. A Christian college in Missouri plans to appeal its case against the Biden administration after a federal judge ruled that the school must open its dorm rooms and showers to members of the opposite sex. College of the Ozarks, located in Point Lookout, is suing the administration over a directed from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development forcing religious schools to violate their beliefs by opening girls' dormitories to males who identify as female. The order also applies to females who identify as males. The lawsuit opposes the HUD directive and Biden's executive order entitled Preventing and Combating Discrimination on the Basis of Gender Identity or Sexual Orientation, which he signed in January. The Alliance Defending Freedom is a Christian nonprofit advocacy group and it is representing the college. Uh, ADF Senior Counsel Julie Murray Blake said the government can't force schools to open girls' dorm rooms to males or vice versa. President Biden is pushing religious schools, organizations, and churches simply because of their beliefs about marriage and biological sex. Excuse me, he is punishing religious schools and organizations. Religious schools, like the College of the Ozarks, are free to follow the religious tradition they represent. That's why we are asking the court to halt enforcement of this unconstitutional directive while our lawsuit proceeds. So, the College of the Ozarks says the fight has just begun. They are going to begin trying to fight this order, and uh, credit to them. Really, a uh, big credit to them, and a big shout out to them. Um, if you didn't know, Saving Grace Outreach, uh, we are based here in the great state of Missouri. And the College of the Ozarks is an incredible school. Uh, great, great school. I highly suggest, highly suggest, if you are in the state of Missouri, that you send your send your child there. Um, if you're not in the state of Missouri, then try to get your kid in there. It is an absolutely tremendous school. has great, great programs. Highly recommend it. So, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm not really uh, commenting that much on this one, other than go College of the Ozarks. This is an absolute blatant disrespect of any religious institution that believes in the sanctity and the defense of women. I mean, this is just an allowing males into the female dorms, into the female locker rooms. This is disgusting, this is perverted, and this is wrong and gross. And we need to fight it, fight it, fight it. So props to the College of the Ozarks for putting up, going in for the fight, and saying that they are not just going to take this lying down. Um, this is 
a common theme so far with this organization with the Equality Act, uh, the, the act that Biden just signed here that is going to uh, cause friction, allowing boys in the girls' dorms and vice versa. Uh, it is a recipe for disaster. It disrespects the sanctity and the privacy and the privacy that men and women should both be afforded. And um, it is it is an absolute recipe for disaster on every single college campus across America. So uh, here's another story from CBN. It is a uh, Christian realtor is dropping his license over personal beliefs on LGBTQ issues. A Minnesota-based realtor, Matt Moore, who is a Christian, said Friday he is allowing his real estate license to expire due to his beliefs on LGBTQ issues. My current broker will not allow me to continue working under her if I continue to speak publicly publicly about LGBTQ issues, he told Faith's Wire. So Moore announced on Friday, yeah, on Friday, May 21st, he announced that he was going to be letting his license expire and that he was going to begin... Uh, to move on from real estate. And he said that, uh, I'm not looking to bear the Christian political torch. Moore said, I have important things, gospel things to focus on. I think I've served my role in this by pleading and sharing. Perhaps God has called one of you to take up the political torch, but I think he's called me to move on. So, and this is something, um, I wasn't sure how to feel about this one. I wasn't sure how to feel about this story and to feel um, how I should feel about it. Because on the one hand, I, I, I have that fighting spirit that, you know, wanted to support Matt Moore and just say, Matt, keep fighting, keep trucking, keep going. Don't give in. Don't let them overpower you. Keep going. Keep going. Keep fighting, speaking out, doing real estate. So the, the, the fighter in me wanted him to continue to go on, but at the same time, he believes that he's following the will of God. He believes that he has a better purpose, a greater purpose to serve uh, within the church and even as a missionary and as an evangelist. So props to him. Props to him for moving on and for deciding to, in a way, uh, I almost feel like stick it uh, to the broker that he works uh, under, in a way, because I doubt that if they were going to fire him over LGBTQ issues, um, I mean, unless they go to the Church of Sweden, which, or, uh, what, what, what would it be, uh, one of the churches with Isaac Simmons or something like that, I doubt that they would be firing him if they were theologically sound in the faith. So, for him to go out and to break away from that broker and to be able to spread the gospel message, become an evangelist, and probably continue to speak out on these issues, um, I feel like that is almost sticking it to the broker a little bit. Um, saying, okay, I'm not going to work under you, but I'm going to continue to speak out, and I'm going to get even louder than before. So, props, props to uh, Matt Moore for sticking to his guns and just going for it. Big, big respect for him. And our final story, and probably the most upsetting one to me today. This also comes from CBN News. Drag Queen Story Hour. 
is coming into homes on PBS's Let's Learn TV series. And I am pushing this story hard because parents need to be aware of this. Parents need to be aware that Drag Queen Story Hour is returning and it is not in just local libraries or schools. This time it will be coming into your home. It will be coming into your home. It will be available within your home. And you need to be vigilant. As a parent, you need to be vigilant in watching what your child watches like a hawk. Whether that is through the television screen, if it's through YouTube, their phone, social media, you have to watch it like a hawk because this is a cancer that is spreading through entertainment. Now, the Daily Wire reported that the New York City Department of Education and the public media company, the WNET Group, are partnering together for a new education television program called Let's Learn. It is geared towards kids ages 3 to 8. One of the latest episodes of the program features a drag queen named Little Miss Hot Mess as the host. The drag queen reads and dances to a book he wrote titled The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, 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 which is a play on the classic nursery rhyme The Wheels on the Bus. Boy. I'm... I'm really just sitting here attempting to uh, take this in. Okay, uh, uh, the the drag. Uh, here's an expert. Uh, excuse me, an excerpt from the program. You may be wondering to yourself, what on earth is a drag queen? Well, don't worry because I'm going to tell you. Drag queens are everyday people who love to play pretend and dress up as often as we can. We love to wear shiny, sparkly outfits with all of our sequins and all of our glitter and a lot of jewelry and maybe a little too much makeup and big hair and big personalities. We like to perform on stage. We like to sing and dance and tell jokes. Sometimes we like to lip sync, which is when we move our mouths to other people's songs. I wrote this book because I wanted everyone to experience the magic of drag and to get a little practice shaking their hips or shimmying their shoulders to know how we can feel fabulous inside of our own bodies. That is an excerpt, uh, an excerpt from Little Miss Hot Mess uh, from the program. Now, the book reveals the characteristics described by the drag queen, including heavy makeup, snapping, shimmying, twirling, hip shaking, and more. We're not really queens or princesses or royalty, but we believe if we act like we are, people will treat us as such, the, queen, the drag queen explained. When the host finished reading the book, he concluded by describing drag queens to the children. You'll notice this wonderful smorgasbord of drag queens because, you know what? Drag queens, we come in all shapes and sizes and colors and ages and genders and abilities. We speak different languages. We have different styles and different tastes. And if you see a thousand drag queens, you're going to see a thousand different ways to be a drag queen. Boy, the Daily Caller reported that the uh, Let's Learn series doesn't belong to PBS, but the programming is still being made available to PBS stations. So, let's recap. This is disgusting.
This is perverted. This is immoral. This is child abuse. And this is sin. So why would you want that brought into your home, broadcasted onto your television, and shown to your entire family? This is on television. This is on the internet. This is on YouTube. This is on Snapchat. This is on Instagram. This is on Twitter. This is on Facebook. This is on every single platform, every single place. And that is why, as a parent, you have to be vigilant. You have to be like a hawk, watching what your children watch, regulating what they watch. And going beyond regulation in teaching them that this kind of material is wrong. Teaching them that this kind of material is disgusting, it's wrong, it's perverted. And that you never want to see them watching this. Teach them how disgusting and wrong this is. Boy. This is disgusting. That's that, <laughs> I feel like that's 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 about as breaking as my analysis can get with this story is that this is disgusting. Um so quite frankly, um two stories in which I support Matt Maher and I support the College of the Ozarks and two stories in which I'm absolutely disgusted. And I'm repulsed by the Church of Sweden, and I'm repulsed by drag queens in general, but most uh, but most new, I'm repulsed by PBS. Of course, I've been repulsed by PBS for a long time, um, as they have been an absolute waste and a rag of a uh, media source for, give or take, 50 years. So, that is, that is all that I have for you today. That is the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast. Thank you for joining us. My name is Logan. I'll see you next time. Want more content from Saving Grace Outreach? Be sure to go to our website to see our devotionals and apologetics articles. Also, be sure to check out our podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Also, be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. And finally, check us out on Instagram and give us a like and a follow. This has been the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast, a presentation from Saving Grace Outreach.